You guys sounded amazing. Just want to point that out. I was sitting up front more toward the front than I normally get to, and the sound of everybody's voices together, all the teens, sounded wonderful. It's great to see people of all ages coming together, all different backgrounds, worshiping God together. This is what the church is all about. It's about people from all different walks of life, all different backgrounds, all different ages, coming together with one common purpose, and that purpose is to serve Jesus, to worship Him, to love God, and you guys are doing a great job. Thank you for being part of our 2018 Youth Forum. With it being the last day of the youth forum, though, I, I'm not naive. I've been a teen before, and I also have ADD, so I'm constantly distracted. I understand it's easy to be distracted right now. I understand after a whole weekend of events, you're kind of tired. You're just kind of ready to eat a piece of pizza in the fellowship hall and kind of hit the road. If you stayed at my house last night, the kids found boxing gloves, so I think half of them have concussions now. If you could at least, if you could at least stay awake, Stay connected, follow along, take notes. I promise I'll get you out of here in time this morning. But what I want to do as we begin, I want to borrow an illustration. It's an illustration that actually a financial guy that we were actually talking about yesterday named Dave, named Dave Ramsey uses. And here's his illustration. Picture, if you would, you're like an African gazelle, kind of just out there on the African Serengeti eating grass, hanging out with your friends, having a wonderful time basking in the sunlight. Okay? It's just great. It's great being a gazelle. I mean, look, look, beautiful place. If you're a gazelle, that's gazelle heaven right there. So there you are. You're hanging out. It's like you're with your friends at the youth forum. Everything's peaceful. Everything's great. Everything's wonderful. But in the distance, there's this coming. <laughs> Cheetah. Okay? And one of you is there with your other gazelle friends, and you look up, and you see the cheetah coming. So what do you do? You probably, well, you, you nudge your buddy. Hey, um, you see the cheetah over there? And he might whisper to his friend, oh, hey, hey, you guys, you see the cheetah? Is that what's going to happen? No, you're going to go, cheetah, we got to run. Get out of here. It's dangerous. The cheetah's coming. We got to run. We got to run. We got to run. Why? Because the cheetah's going to eat you. Right? That's what they do. And they, can't, they can run really, really, really fast. They can't run as long as you can as a gazelle, but they do run really fast for a short amount of time, and they're going to try to eat you. I didn't put pictures of that up there because small children in the audience. Google and you get out cheetahs or eating gazelles. There's all sorts of pictures. This is what happens when you don't run. Our topic this morning is run. Run, run. And the reason why we're talking about the need to run is because you run when it's an urgent matter at hand. The reason why the gazelle is running from the cheetah and not walking and not skip. Have you ever watched how they run too? It's crazy. It's jumping, it's running, it's leaping, it's dashing, it's ducking, it's rolling, everything. They're doing everything they can to get away from the cheetah because at that moment, it is survival mode. You have to run. You run when there's something that's urgent in front of you. When there's an urgent matter, you have to run really, really fast to do what you got to do. The word urgency actually means, according to Webster's Dictionary, importance requiring swift action, an earnest or persistent quality or insistence. Here's the idea though. The, a while back we were in Exeter. I gave the illustration of congregation here. Um, we were walking downtown Exeter. We just ate at a Mexican food restaurant and they were kind of the, the ladies were with the kids walking them as we were paying the bill and Fiona, my daughter who's not three yet, who can barely even walk half the time, she decides to dart away from my wife Zinni for a brief moment and head toward the street. As a parent, I didn't go, um, Zinni, 
Fiona's wandered off. It'd be like a gazelle go, hey, Fred, do you see the cheetah over there? No, I ran and grabbed her before she got into the street because it was an urgent matter and I needed to save her. You run and you run and you run when there's something you have to do right now. Certain situations in life require us to act with urgency. You don't wait around. You don't wait for a better time. You're not just nonchalant or slow about it. Um, Saturday morning, as some of you were arriving here for the youth form, I could tell you didn't sleep good last night. Kind of just moving in slow. Feet were dragging. This morning, you're practically rolling on into the church building, right? I, I know I tried to wake up. We had like seven boys laying on the floor of my living room. And I, it took me forever to wake them up this morning because they're tired. They didn't feel the sense of urgency. But sometimes in life, you must run. You must run. You must run like a gazelle running from a cheetah. So three points this morning. If you're taking notes, I hope you are. If you didn't bring a notepad and paper, you probably got a phone. Take notes on it because I'm going to quiz you during the potluck teens if you wrote these down. So three times that you need to run. Number one. So you're going to write one, two, three on a piece of paper. At the top, you're going to write three times we need to run. And then I'm going to give you the one, two, and three. It's going to be really simple. Number one. You need to run from sin. See, it's simple, easy, right? We got that. Run from sin. It's biblical. Sin is the cheetah kept crouching there in the bushes, ready to pounce on the gazelle. Oh, by the way, doesn't the Bible describe the devil something like that? Like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Same idea. I'm sure the gazelles will yell, lion! Except I don't know if lions eat gazelles. I didn't look that up. But I had pictures of cheetahs eating them. We need to run from sin. The Apostle Paul, preacher of the gospel, inspired by the Holy Spirit, one time wrote a letter to a young man. A young man, a young preacher named Timothy. Like you guys, okay? And here's what he told Timothy. He says, flee the evil desires of your youth and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace along with those who call on the Lord with a pure heart. I like how the New Living Translation does this though. Here's what it says. It says, run from anything that stimulates youthful lust. He's saying, Timothy, you got to get away from it. Sin's out there, Timothy. It's going to try to get you to fall. It's going to try to get you to stumble. It's going to try to draw you in. And notice he's talking to a young man and he mentions lust because, to be honest, young man, there's a problem there, right? He says, run from it. Not just walk away. Not just keep your cool. Not just when it's convenient. He actually uses the word, my version says flee. The one on the screen here says run from those anything that stimulates youthful lust. You need to run from those desires that cause you to want to do sinful things. You run from anything that makes you want to sin. Now, I don't know what temptations you have. I don't know what, what draws you in and causes you to do evil. I don't know what bad things you're, you, you fall into. I don't know what bad behaviors you have a tendency to, to kind of go down that road. But ultimately, whatever you do in life, when you identify those sins, when you identify those temptations, run from them. It could be you're running from certain people. Maybe there's people in your life that when you're around them, they make you sin. Now, I know they didn't make you sin. No one can make you sin. You do it on your own. But when you're around them, you're more likely to. Maybe they're always running their mouth and gossiping about other people, and that goes for us adults too. Maybe when you're hanging around them, they're always speaking negatively. Maybe they're judgmental, mean, angry, bitter people, and they make you judgmental, mean, and bitter. Don't hang around them. Run from them. 
I mean, that may maybe make a good statement sometime. You're at a church building and someone wants to gossip to you about what's going on and you just take off running. It'll make a statement, right? Run from the people that cause you to sin. Maybe it's your friends at school. Maybe they're always talking the way they shouldn't talk and you talk like them. Maybe the way they talk about the opposite sex is a way that you shouldn't talk about. Maybe when you're around those people, you end up doing the things that they're doing. Going to parties, getting high, being with the people you shouldn't be with and doing things you shouldn't do. Run from those people that make you sin. Run from the places that make you sin. Is there certain environments that you put yourself in and when you're there, man, I just couldn't help it. I just was in that place and every time I go that place, that's what happens. And you see this, you know, as an adult, as a preacher, I'll talk to other adults and stuff and we'll deal with, you know, adult sins and things and they'll talk about, yeah, you know, I was at the bar the other day. I'm like, why'd you go? If you're doing that, of course you're going to go down that same path that you don't want to go. Run from those places that make you sin. If everybody at the party is getting high, why'd you go to the party, right? Run from those things. Run from the things that make you sin. Is it your phone? Is it your computer? Does it make you sin? Is it social media? Does it make you sin? Is it certain websites that you keep gravitating toward that you shouldn't be on? Run from those. Put filters on your stuff. Turn the device off. Get an accountability partner. Talk to somebody. Run from the things that make you sin. Number one this morning, run from sin. Just like a cheetah or a gazelle from a cheetah, sometimes you must run, run, run from sin. That's number one. Got to run from sin. Told you. I'll get you through it quickly. Number two, sometimes and really all the time, we should run to help others. We run from sin, we run from the bad things, and we run to the good things. Okay? You don't just run away from all the bad things and then do nothing. You're just going to find more bad things to do. Run to the good things. Run to help others. Turn to me with your Bibles in Acts chapter 8. And I hope you brought a Bible. If you didn't, I'm sure you got the app on your phone. But Acts chapter 8, we're just going to skim through this really quickly here. In Acts chapter 8, verse 26, an angel of the Lord tells a preacher by the name of Philip to go um, heading toward the road that's going to Gaza and from Jerusalem. Go to that road and I want you to preach to somebody. Okay? So verse 27, it says, So he got up and he went, and there was an Ethiopian eunuch, a court official of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who was in charge of all her treasure, and he had come from Jerusalem to worship. So you got a man from Africa. He's here in this chariot. He's traveling home from Jerusalem. He's a servant of the queen. And Philip is told, Philip, go and preach to this man. And notice what happens here as we go on. In verse 29, the Spirit said to Philip, Go up and join this chariot. And look at verse 30. Ready? So Philip ran to him. When was the last time you saw a preacher run? Besides me, because I'm high strung, right? Preachers aren't usually fast-moving people. But Philip here ran to help this guy. He ran to teach him the gospel. And he sits down with him. And, he, and it turns out that this man is reading from the prophet Isaiah. Have you ever saw a person at McDonald's reading their Bible? Have you ever ran up to them and said, Hey, can I talk Bible with you? That's what Philip would do. Is your friend at school say, Hey, I went to church last week. And go, Oh, you went to church? I did too. You run over and talk about it, right? Or maybe somebody over here says, I'm going through a rough time. My parents are getting a divorce. My grandma died. Um, there's this fighting at home. My, my boyfriend or girlfriend left me. And you run over there to give them wise counsel and pray with them. That's what we should do as Christians. Philip ran to this man and he starts talking to him about Jesus. 
And he preaches to him Jesus like we should do. We should run to people and tell them about Jesus. Verse 35, it says, Then Philip opened his mouth, and beginning with this scripture, he preached Jesus to him. And from that message of Jesus, obviously they start talking about sin and salvation. And in verse 36, the man from Ethiopia says, Look, water! What prevents me from being baptized? So Philip ran to this guy, and from that conversation it came to a point where the man says, Hey, can I get baptized? Isn't that what we want? We want to run to people that have needs and, and, and need help, and we talk to them, we help them, we guide them, and they learn about Jesus. They begin to meet Jesus, and they say, Hey, can I get baptized? And they did here. You come down here, it says verse 38, and he ordered the chariot to stop, and they both went down into the water, and Philip as well as the eunuch, and he baptized him. And then he gets up and rejoices and goes on his way, you know, skipping and happy and carrying on because it's great to be saved. All because Philip ran to him. Sometimes you have to run toward opportunities to teach people about Jesus. They're going to pop up all the time. You're going to leave the youth forum today. You're going to go home. Then Monday, you might go to school. You might go to work. You might seize a neighbor or a friend. They're going to go, what would you do this weekend? You can say, let me tell you what I did. Let me tell you what I learned about. Let me tell you who I learned about, who I grew closer to. Now you have an opportunity to teach people about Jesus. Run to tell them about Him. They need to hear Him. There's people out there that are lost and going to hell. That sounds like the cheetah's about to eat the gazelle. Right? If, if you were a gazelle and your buddy's a gazelle and the cheetah's about to eat your buddy, you're not going to go, well, it really makes me uncomfortable to tell him about the cheetah. I don't want to be known as one of those cheetah people that always believe that cheetahs are going to eat. I don't want to judge him. If he wants to get eaten by a cheetah, that's on him. That's his own life. I'm not here to judge his personal choices. That's who he is, and I'm just proud of him, and I accept him for No! He's about to get eaten by a cheetah. And you yell, Run! And he runs, right? Sometimes you must run, run, run toward an opportunity to teach people about Jesus. So we run from sin, number one. Number two, we run toward opportunities to help people and teach them about Jesus. And number three, here's the most simple and profound one you'll ever see, right? We need to run to Jesus. That's what this whole weekend has been about. Running toward Jesus. Let me prove it to you. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 1. It says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, that means since we've got a whole bunch of other people, of great people of faith, he mentions them in the previous chapter, since we have so many awesome people in our lives of faith that have led us in the right direction, because they're on our same team, he says, because of that, lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely. Get rid of the things that hold you back. Get rid of the things that make it hard for you to run. Get rid of... If you look at a gazelle, they're designed for running from cheetahs. They're not big and cumbersome. They're not fat animals. Everything about them is springy and fast, right? That's how they are. That's how they're designed to run from cheetahs. You need to design your life in such a way that you can run from, G from cheetahs and run to Jesus, okay? That means you get rid of the sin. You get rid of the temptations. You get rid of the things that hold you back. It says, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus. That means we run from sin, we run to help others, and most importantly, wherever we go, we're always running toward the goal, which is Jesus. Who are you running toward? 
Are you running towards someone that leads you down the wrong path? Are you running toward an example that's ungodly? Are you running toward maybe certain family behaviors that are ingrained in you from the beginning that are wrong? Are you, are you running toward dysfunction? Are you running toward pain? Are you running toward addiction? Are you running toward violence? Are you running toward broken hearts? Or are you running toward Jesus? And the Hebrew writer here says, get rid of the sin. Get rid of all the things that are holding you back and run toward Jesus. You run to safety, right? The devil's like that cheetah trying to get you. Jesus is here trying to save you. Run from the devil and run to Jesus all the time. You must run, run, run toward Jesus. We need to run toward Him. But as we mentioned at the beginning, the whole idea of running is urgency. It means you do it right now. The time to start running is now. The cheetah is here now. He wants to pound. He wants to eat you. Okay? It's not good. It's not going to end well for the gazelle that gets captured by the cheetah or the lion or I don't think there's tigers in Africa, but you know things that eat them, right? It's bad. It's all bad. You got to run. The time to run is now. But let me be honest with you. Running takes work. It's hard. It's easy to go. It's easy to get eaten by a cheetah. You just hang out. Just stand there on the plane and go, here I am, cheetah. I've been eating grass all day. I'm so fat and plump around here. I bet you I taste so good in your belly, cheetah, right? You just do that, cheetah will come and eat you. And what we need to understand is that running takes work. Running is hard. Running will make you tired. I think it was Chris, you know, yesterday talked about how he tried to run a half marathon. And none of us adults believed him, by the way. We called him out on it afterwards and made sure he's telling the truth. He at least tried to run a half marathon. But running will make you tired. You're going to want to give up at times. You're going to want to quit. It's going to be easier to just sit there and say, you know what, I'm just, my life stinks. It's horrible. Sin's taking its control. I'm just going to lay here and let Satan devour me right? Running is hard. Running will make you tired, but it's worth it. And in the end, you'll find rest. Every runner, a real runner, not like Chris yesterday who didn't actually run the whole thing, but someone who's trained, someone who's tried, someone who pushed themselves, when they finally cross that finish line, they're not thinking about how hard the run was anymore. They're thinking about how awesome it is to cross that finish line. Two weeks ago, I had the privilege of hiking up to the top of Half Dome. It was a hard hike. But you know what? After getting up to the top of Half Dome, it's like, this is pretty cool up here. This is why I hiked that eight miles to get here uphill the entire time. This is what's it, where it's worth it. The view, it's awesome. I can take those cool pictures where I dangle my legs off the edge and no one else gets to take. You know, those kinds of things, right? It was awesome. Then I realized I had to walk back down, but, but the, I got to the finish line. With Jesus, you don't have to walk back down. When you make the finish line, you're done. Jesus says, I don't care if you're tired. I know it's hard. I know it's, it takes work, but I will make it better. He says, come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. It's hard right now, but in the end, it will be worth it. Again, to a young preacher, Paul told Timothy this, talking about his own life. He says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Paul says, I've run. And it's been hard. It was like a fight the entire time. If you know Paul's life, it wasn't pleasant. His life was hard. And he was a good, godly Christian man. And yet, he still had people trying to kill him all the time. He was in prison. He was shipwrecked. He was beaten. So it wasn't an easy life. The Christian life isn't always easy. It's a better life, but it will be hard. But 
Paul says, I've made it. I've finished. I've crossed that finish line. And then look what he says in the next verse. He says, henceforth, I know, big word you don't normally use. Henceforth, there is laid up for me, he says, here's what I'm going to get. The crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award me on that day, and not only to me, but all who have loved His appearing. When you would cross the finish line like an ancient marathon runner in the old Olympiad in ancient Greece and Rome, right? When you would cross the finish line, you didn't get a gold medal. You know what you got? A crown, a wreath placed on your head, a crown of victory. When you cross that finish line, because you kept running, you kept running toward Jesus, you're going to get that crown of righteousness. And notice, Paul says, I'm going to get it. But then he also says, not only to me, so not just Paul, but to everyone who has loved his appearing. Everyone who runs to Jesus will be able to receive that crown. Sometimes you have to run. Run from sin. Run to help other people and run, always run, to Jesus. In just a moment, John's going to get up here and he's going to sing a song. It's our custom here at this congregation. Usually what we have is one of the elders stand up here. And if you have a need, we're here to help you. We'll leave these front benches open. Maybe you haven't ever ran to Jesus and you need to start. We'll study with you. We'll pray with you. we got a baptistry right here. We'll baptize you into Jesus Christ and your sins can be washed away this morning. If you've been running in the wrong direction, maybe at one time you were running toward Jesus, but you got off track and you think that there's no hope now. You think that all hope is lost. You're just going to lose and that's your life now. No, you can still win. You can still get back on track. You can still finish the race if you run to Jesus. Sometimes you have to run. Where are you going to run today? Hopefully you're going to run to Jesus. If you have a need, why don't you come? Together we stand and sing the invitation song.